Welcome to the Aquarian Living Podcast. I am Naomi Richardson, your host. I am a Kundalini Yoga teacher, life and meditation coach, and I am here to create a connection with others who live mindfully through the practice of Kundalini Yoga, wellness, and spirituality. Welcome to episode nine. Um, as far as a lot of you know, there's a lot of things going on in the yoga world, especially the Kundalini yoga world. Um, I'm not turning a blind eye to it. Um, I will talk about it in another episode after this. I will record a solo episode and talk about it. Um, my next guest is Billy Pachonik. Um, we had a beautiful conversation about it. Unfortunately, we weren't recording, but when we did record, we kind of went with the flow and um, we just had a beautiful conversation about the work that he does. And, you know, we just were in the moment and, you know, things are going to change for everybody. Things are going to change for me. Things are going to change for him. Things are going to change all around. But in this conversation, we lived in the moment and some really great things came out of the conversation. So I was so honored that he came over and, you know, let me interview him. And it just was really fun and it was really beautiful. So I hope you enjoy. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Billy Potochnik. 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 Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay. That's good. <laughs> I told him I'd Better than most. Name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is the first time of us meeting. So this is a little bit different. I've usually met everyone that I've interviewed. So as I'm going to give you a little intro of him, and then you can add anything that I miss. Um, you're a vinyasa teacher, right? Yeah, you know, vina- vin- vinyasa, I like to say vinyasa-ish after, after 18, yeah, you do like 17, 18 years, you know, put in, in corporate a lot of kundalini stuff too. Yeah, and yeah, and you so do mindfulness. Just kind of my own style, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Mindfulness, health, and wellness. Yeah, uh, that's a pranayama. Teaches breath work, and you're also a life coach. Is that what you call it? Yeah. I know everybody calls themselves life coaches. Yeah, well, I've, I've kind of... Uh, Kind of branded what I do called light warrior coaching. Yeah, light warrior. Coaching. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I got to read a little bit about it. I didn't have much time because I had my son. But yeah. All right. So usually, um, and we'll get to that. You can tell us more about that in a minute. But sure. usually, kind of where I start is like your childhood. Like, what was your upbringing like? Oh. Was there any religion? Were you like a spiritual little kid, or did you just not even know? Like, kind of. You know that's it's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, that's a great question. That's fun. Um, I grew up here in Denver, so I'm a oh, I'm a Denver public school kid, and I and I kind of grew up around these streets of Denver with my my friends. You know, it was a different time then. It seemed like I was just telling my son this morning. My son and I were my little nine year old boy and I were walking, and I was like, you know, it's different nowadays. You know, when we were growing up, you know, you ride your bike everywhere, you walk out, you you get out the door, you get on your bike, and you go to your buddy's house. If they're not home, you go to somebody else's house. But if they are home, you grab them. Then you go to the other buddy's house and you grab them. And you're all on your bikes. You're just riding around the city. And, and your parents just call around. Yeah, your, call, your parents call around or say just be home by, you yeah. know, six for dinner yeah. or whatever else. You can bring your friends. We were talking you about this just yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was so it's so different. It just seemed like there was more kids. It was just more lively. Mm-hmm. And this isn't one of those things where like, oh, it's just so messed up now. I mean, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the kids are in the house more. Um, as parents, we're, we're more paranoid now. 
And I don't know if we need to be, yeah, we're helicopter parents. I know I've been guilty of it myself <laughs> and of that. Like, you're like, well, you know, where are you? Can I see them? Where are they? You know, and, and everything else. So I grew up, you know, just with a lot of freedom in that way. And, you know, it was, and it was a different time too for parents back then, you know, it's the seventies into the eighties. Mm-hmm. You, you, it was just a different, a different time, a different era. And yeah. kids were kind of home alone a lot too. Mm-hmm. Parents yeah. were out doing their thing and going out at night and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was, you just kind of left your kids at home. Yeah. yeah, not when they were five, of course, or whatever. But yeah, but as soon you had as more they freedom as a kid. Yeah, yeah, as soon as they could take, they would take off, and yeah. um, you know. And so um, I grew up uh, Catholic. Oh, so okay. I come from a Catholic family. Now, do I? I don't consider myself Catholic anymore. Um, but I did grow up Catholic, and we weren't like strict Catholics necessarily. Though my whole both sides of my family were, from my mom's side and my dad's side, were Catholic. Um, and I do remember Sunday school and doing the court and doing the. Sunday school for confirmation and all that stuff. And, you know, some, some fond, fond memories, um, not a ton of memories, but some fond memories. I was, the biggest memory is, um, going to church and my uh, mom and dad were just perpetually late for everything. (laughs) Just, I mean, late. And so always coming into church, standing in the back, standing in the back of church, getting there in time for (laughs) communion. Or whatever, and just never, ever were we ever at church when church started, oh, when mass yeah. started. You know, is that why you're always on time now? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I think I had a reputation for being late too, and then mm-hmm. I wanted to change that as I got older. And you know, I'll still run late, but I am. I try to be on time. Yeah. And then, you know, is it? And then when you have somewhere you have to be on time, you know. You're there. You, yeah. you, you just try to make it. You yeah. know, I have my, I have my moments though. Yeah, <laughs> the old the old pattern comes out. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so I I, I I I grew up in that way, religious with some religion, and um, for me, certain things uh, resonated. Yeah, you know, like even in mass, you know, sometimes you get some really good sermons. You know, the priests really say some stuff. You're like, ooh, that's really good. You know, like. <laughs> You know what? It makes yeah, you, you feel protected. Yeah, I don't know if it scared you into wanting to be a good person, mm-hmm. but I just think it, I, I like to believe uh, because I don't believe in the, that people are born in sin or all that stuff. Like no, they were right, born right, bad. Right, or whatever. Right, right. So it resonated with the goodness in us. Yeah. And I felt like it was that affirmation of our goodness. You know, the stories of it back then. You know, some of the stories of Jesus or whatever. Like yeah. they were good. You know, they were good. You know, they they resonate with the, the goodness of in all of us. And so that stuff resonated, but it resonated more on a spiritual level. It wasn't a religious level as much as a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. I saw it through a spiritual lens, and so I would say I did have a kind of a, a, a philosophical outlook on life and a spiritual outlook on life as a child growing up. I think if you asked even some of my friends, you know, I still keep in touch to this day. That's cool. If you asked them, they would say, yeah, no, he's, he's always kind of been like that. And I think they would say, you know, he's, he's a clown (laughs) and a goofball, but I think they would also say he had that. that. Yeah. They had that, that, that I had that kind of outlook that was a little bit more philosophical to some degree, you know? So, and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So do you talk to your uh, children about Catholicism? (laughs) Uh, about catholicism no uh well if they if they ask but we don't raise our we haven't raised our kids that way i mean you know they were um you know baptized just because they were and that's important to other you know the fam the bigger family in general so it's not a not a a sticky issue for us it's like it's not it's not worth that battle's not worth it for us to baptize mom you know i don't care yeah um let's get baptized that's a you know special thing what is what it is but we haven't raised our children um 
you know, Episcopalian or Catholic or whatever, because my my, um, wife is, um, I think she comes from, I think, Episcopalian background. I I could have that wrong. But, um, and we haven't, she's, she's, you know, not that either. And then my, you know, we have blended families. And so my, my son has been on his mom's side, my oldest son on his mom's side has been, you know, raised, you know, Christian on that side. And with us, he probably gets more of the, you know, probably the Buddhist kind of more of the Buddhist Eastern, Eastern, uh, religious yeah. influence from our side. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we raise it, you know, more of that yogic it's open influence. Kind yeah, of, yeah, kind of open. Yeah, so the, to, to, you know, the Buddhist teachings, Hindu, you know, mm-hmm. Eastern philosophy, Taoism, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, that's so, how we are. Yeah, too. yeah. So when did you start your spiritual path to like yoga and Kundalini and Vinyasa? What was that like for you? Well, I think it always just kind of chose me. Like it was yeah. just kind of a natural. It was just kind of a natural progression. I think if you'd say, where did it start? I could say it did start in my childhood. Yeah. Because um, I was always kind of just a little bit fascinated by um, the spiritual ways of being that were less black and white, less concrete, that were more mystical and a- ambiguous in a way. Yeah. Just, it was, I don't know if it was the romance of it. Maybe it was a little bit more <laughs> romantic view of, of the world. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe it tied into that idea of that oneness. In, in a way that kind of resonated with my heart a little bit more, just that we're, that interconnectedness of the of of the universe, of that cosmic consciousness. Mm-hmm. But I, but really, um, you could maybe say if you had to say, okay, but when did it really start? <laughs> in college, I t- I took a course um, in it was Taoism and then the philosophy of Eastern religions mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and that's when um, I think I was really. My interest was really peaked, and I remember having a book on meditation, and uh, kind of like meditation. It wasn't meditation with dum dums, but, <laughs> but yeah. of course I was a dum dum. But um, it was just a meditation book, and I remember sitting in my parents' house. I was back from break during college, and sitting in the room I grew up in, and um, it was a beautiful spring day. I think I, was, I don't know. I was back for spring break, maybe. And I remember sitting down and meditating, like truly meditating for the mm. first time. I got it from a it might, maybe it was a Zen book, and it, and you sat down, and I remember the windows open, the breeze coming through, and uh, it talked about try to hear every single sound that you can hear, and I still teach this meditation to this day That's to so people. Cool. Like you try to hear every sound everywhere, like a car door slamming. Yeah from far away or just the breeze, you know, and you got the sounds that are so easy. Like you might have your, your my, my mom might've been downstairs doing dishes or yeah, something, you yeah, know, yeah. and, um, and you could hear that if you just concentrate on that, then that's all you could hear. Like, yeah. God, what's, how annoying, right. what's, doesn't she know I'm <laughs> meditating for the first time in my whole life? You right, know? right. Or, but you, you kind of move past those obvious sounds and then far away, you can almost hear the, the breeze blowing and just like a dog barking like two blocks away. Yeah, or a um, hammer. Yeah, or a hammer story. and yeah. stuff that you wouldn't yeah. wouldn't normally hear. And so I remember that was my first meditation ever, and it was really kind of a cool experience. It was just just sitting, and and that's what I learned. I kind of learned in a way the simplicity of it. Just just sit. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of fancy stuff that we can do with mantra work and yeah. affirmation and breathing and awareness, bringing awareness to certain things. But just really just sitting. Sitting. Yeah, just yeah. sitting. Yeah. But and that's, that's what I think they called it. Yeah. yeah, but that's what people have. Oh, I can't do that. And yeah. I'm like, 
you can. Yeah, you can. You totally can. <laughs> it's just can. having the awareness. Yeah. Like, but they're like, I can't get my mind to stop thinking. And I'm like, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Nobody can. Yeah. Like, but that's like that. Yeah, like thing. join the club. Like, yeah. Your, like, your mind's no different. It's just. Yeah. I'm like, just, I still haven't like. You know, they think, oh, you've been doing yoga for so long. Your kundalini has written, right, yeah. risen, and you've hit enlightenment. And I'm like, no, I'm still, no. like, you know, trying to figure out things. And yeah. they're like, oh, you must be so solid because you meditate every day. I'm like, oh, I'm still a mess. And I would be more of a mess if I didn't meditate. So. Yeah, I mean, you, we're not necessarily transcending mm-hmm. the human experience. We're just trying to be able to have the tools to yeah. ride the emotions of being human yeah. because the emotions tied to our thoughts and they, we can go down these rabbit holes with our thoughts and our emotions. And next thing you know, yeah. we're a total mental turmoil disarray because we bought into our thoughts. Yeah. So it's really just the practice of being able to observe our thoughts mm-hmm. and be able to cut them off before they turn into negative emotions of fear, whatever else, and then turn into stories and narratives. And then we're down that rabbit hole again, and we're spiraling down that rabbit hole. And yeah. And we all do it, especially when you're in pain, you know, especially when you're going through a tough time in your life, it's so easy to create these stories. Oh man. Well, that's what I was trying to tell my friend last night. Cause she's like, I think I need, she's been, you know, I'm always like, I've had to be careful because I'm like, you should just meditate, you know, before, like I didn't ask for your advice, <laughs> yeah, but like she asked me, she's like, I think I need you to give me a meditation. And so I gave her one, but she's just like, it's just another thing I have to do. Yeah. Like when yeah. I'm at work and I'm thinking, I'm like, that's just another thing that I have to do. And I'm like, it's three minutes. Everybody has three minutes, but I didn't, oh, I was having a hard time with the words of being like, well, it's not a thing. Cause I don't, you know, when you start meditating every day, it's like going to the bathroom. <laughs> like you yeah. just do it. You just it's do just, it. It just, it, you don't even think about it anymore. You're just like, that's something that you do. Just kind of part of and I was trying to like, in that very, very beginning for her, try to word it in a way like it's something for you, for yourself. It's not something you have to do, like paying a bill. So I don't know if you like how would you word that for someone that's like, oh, like, oh, I don't know. Like it's just it's hanging over them. Like they want to do it, they want to just like start, but like that is actually really profound right there because I think that's I think that's how at least the majority yeah. of people start, oh, it's just another thing to do. Yeah. Oh, here we go. All time, this. Like, yeah. But it's kind of it. like, you know, it's kind of like, and, you know, Guru Singh talks about this stuff so articulately. Uh, but it's that, it's like we're stuck in the two dimensions with that, in, in that way, like where you don't feel like you have enough time or space and you don't have enough time. And we're always rushed. And here's the, here's the other thing. Oh, no, another thing I have to add to my, well, if you want to look at it, like this other thing that you have to cram into your schedule of things to do, well, then you're never, ever going to be able to look at this in a way that adds value to your life. But if you would let yourself kind of come down and get out of your head a little bit and just breathe and sit for a moment, you can drop down more into like, you know, the three and four dimensions where you where you do have enough, you know, space and the time to do it, where everything isn't this um, polarity of this way or that way, or like mm-hmm. time, time here is taken away from time here and time here means that's taken away from time here. Yeah. You know, it's, <clears throat> it's where we have this space to kind of breathe in and we're kind of moving beyond the duality of our lives, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and it's that duality because we always feel like, well, if I take it from here, then I, I'm, if I grab from here, I'm taking from here. And it's, it's, it's almost like this zero sum game that we play with ourselves mm-hmm. instead of this, um, 
making ourselves almost operate in a different paradigm. Almost like, um, again, that talking about the, the, um, elevated paradox, the third way, yeah. a different yeah. way of seeing things like beyond yeah. this polarity and this polarity, yeah. we actually transcend or transcend might be a pretentious word to use for that. But, but working with that third way yeah. where, yeah. you know, where it doesn't have to be either or, yeah. you know, and I it doesn't that. have yeah. to be like, Oh, I don't, Oh, just another thing I have to add. Well, don't do it. I mean, honestly, like if, if it's just another thing you have to it's add, then don't you. even, yeah. don't even bother. Well, I tried to explain for her to her, like, that's going to make you feel better and you're going to show up differently. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you're just going to show up differently for all those other things that you feel like you have to do. You yeah. Know? And that's, yeah. that's how I look at it. I'm like, okay, if I meditate today and I like go inward and I, I mean, it just helps me be better for my child, be better Patience. for my class or my clients or whoever, my friends, you know, Absolutely. anybody. So yeah. And that's just that awareness too. And the growth mindset, all of it kind of goes yeah. together. It's hard. It's hard though. Like for me, I just got to a point where nothing in my life was working. And I just, I kind of was like you, like I always kind of was like fascinated with like Buddhism. I yeah. remember buying the Tibetan book of living and dying. I had oh, yeah. no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> yeah. but I tried. Dig into that know? one. Oh yeah, my and God. I would, like when yeah. I went to Santa Fe, I would like go to the ashram and like, yeah. not really meditate, but like sit there and watch the other people meditate. Like I was always kind of fascinated with it, but I just got a point in my life where like nothing was working, nothing. And yeah. I just like, it all, it kind of came to me too. Like I watched the Yogananda, the Awakened yeah, documentary and I was, was like, good. that's like it, that. that's yeah. it. And I joined the Self-Realization Fellowship and then I was like, what am I doing? I have no idea what I'm doing. And then <laughs> through that though, I, that's where I found yeah. Kundalini and then I was like, that's it. And I just found a meditation and I just started doing it and I pretty much have yeah. <laughs> quit since. So yeah. it was just like. It wasn't like, oh, I need to start meditating. Because now it's like hip and like mindfulness. And yeah, like, and it is. It's one of those things. Like, where do I start? Well, to. I would start with mind, uh, start with meditating. Yeah. Mindfulness. But it's such a it's such a catchphrase now. Yeah. That I think it's easy to... You feel like you have to do it. Yeah, everybody's I mean, it's this ancient... It. Yeah, everybody's mindfulness. I'm so sick of hearing about mindfulness. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, I mean, yeah, it's too bad that now it's so trendy. But, you know, that's the way things work in culture, especially... Um, in the in this, you know, you can press a button and have all the information right in front of you. In this day of, of technology, that yeah. technology and everything else, social media and everything else, and life hacking and all, you you're gonna you're going to get tired of hearing some things. But it doesn't take it doesn't take away the inherent value of what that thing is. Right. You know what I mean? Like mindfulness. Oh man, I'm so tired. Uh, here's another person talking about the breathing. You know, Wim Hof and this and that. But it's like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, it's easy to culture. Yeah, well, we get desensitized to it too. You know, we get desensitized to to the news. We get desensitized to even all the good stuff that's coming through. It's like, well, if someone's gonna say, okay, I need to do something different with my life. Where do I start? You know, probably the first thing is, I hate to sound like that cliche, start with meditating. Yeah, just start there. Well, I can't meditate. Okay, you already you want to know what you want to do, and we're telling you. And you're saying you can't do it. Yeah. But how do you know you can't do it or not when you don't even know what it is? Yeah. Or you haven't even done it? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like, you can't have it both ways. Like, sure. give me give me the, give me me the something to start with. Okay, meditate. Oh, I can't meditate. You mean stop my mind from thinking as well? It's like you said. You're not yeah. stopping that's your mind from thinking. That that's not what yeah. it is. You maybe get your mind something to focus on. Yeah, that's the misinterpretation. That's yeah. why I like mantra because I think it's good for those people that are yeah. focusing so much on, like, I can't stop thinking that the mantra kind of 
helps take that away because they're chanting and they have to, like for me at least it works too. But like for some people I was having a conversation with someone and one of the girls is a runner and I'm like, that's a meditation. Yeah. You know, so I try to like ask people like, what else do you do for fun or something that you really, or even walking, like that can be a meditation, you know? So there's other ways you can kind of, look at it too yeah. and I try to get people to start with at least gratitude like write down 10 things oh, every yeah. day that you're the grateful gratitude journal. Yeah. for you yeah. know and like you could start there at least you know because I still have to do it I'll get into the like oh all the bad stuff in the day and then I'm like wait a minute we need to be so grateful and you know with kids too they can get so humdrum like over stuff and I'm like Harvey there's so many kids that have so much less than you you know yeah. and oh, I know that sounds you start with that oh my dad does the you know I walk you to know school how lucky with, you. <laughs> I walk to school with holes I in my know. shoe I mean he really did but like you, I always wonder if that worked too because I I, you know, I, I remember saying that too, like, we're lucky to have what we have, but, you yeah. know, sometimes I don't know if kids, I mean, kids are really so wise and so beyond their years yeah. and all that, but, um, sometimes you wonder if it, if that gets through, it's such a, a big thing. And then, yeah. you know, life and our suffering is such a relative thing too. And it's so subjective. It's like, you know, suffering in one way is different than suffering in another culture yeah. or whatever else. So, yeah. you know, it's hard it's to true. devalue somebody's suffering. You know, like, well, you don't even understand what some people know. Like, well, I get it. I understand. I'm still suffering, though. You know? Well, because where does that suffering come from? It comes from our brain. It comes from our thoughts. You know? (laughs) So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. You might be suffering because of something as horrible as war. Or you might be suffering as something as, as, I don't know, as as trivial or seemingly trivial as somebody painted your wall the wrong color. I mean, I don't know (laughs) what it is. Either way, it's in your head. You know? Either way, it's like... I know, um, it's so yeah. crazy. So, yeah. okay, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do now in your business? Yeah, well, that's a good kind one. Kind of how that started. Yeah, that you know, um, that was kind of a natural evolution. And the iteration, this iteration now of um, Light Warrior Coaching that I do, it's it's uh, it's been a while in development, uh, been a little while in development. Um, I was teaching for years and years and I spent a lot of time with people one-on-one you know after class before class you know meeting for coffee can I talk to you and I don't know just you're lucky enough I was I was lucky enough I should say to be a um, I don't know a friend a counselor to people in a, in a way um, mm-hmm. therapist is just too strong of a word but to use but it advice. is our therapy everything's kind of our therapy and that's not to to um dumb down the, no. the real therapy no, and that takes we place still out need there. That too. we still need all that too but in a way we're always each other's therapists and, and everything else and so um, I had so much time with people uh, where they would just share with me and just share something maybe that's really difficult that was going on in their life from you know relationship issues or you know you know parenting stuff and it's not like I'm I, and, and the funny thing is I don't have any of that stuff figured out, and I'm I'm always learning that I really don't have it all figured out at all. Um, but I think no where the yeah where uh, parenting relationships. I mean yeah. honestly, like I mean yeah. you realize that the more I know, the more I realize I know nothing, yeah. and and how flawed I am, and peeling those layers away from my own self. But I think what 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 was afforded me the opportunity to just sit with so many people and talk is just um, building that trust in my classes. That my message was coming from a, a spiritual place, but it was a real and authentic place. Mm-hmm. Very early on, 
Um, and it wasn't like spewing out, this is going on in my life. But I was always kind of coming from a place of um, experience and real realness. Yeah. Um, but, but that was also kind of through the lens of how we want to live our life and how, you know, trying to see life in a beautiful way. So it was that realness of like, man, you know, life's not always tiptoe yeah. through the tulips yeah. and dancing in the rain. <laughs> yeah. You know, but at no. the same time, we have to hold on to that beauty in our hearts. And so I... Was was I think people trusted me because I wasn't up there trying to act like I had, had all the answers. Right. A lot of it was provocative. And I, when I'm speaking, it's, a lot of the stuff is provocative. I'm right there sitting there with everybody too. So in a way, I'm kind of talking to myself. It's like I always talk about the internal dialogue becomes the external dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so these, these life questions mm-hmm. that I have or relationship questions or parenting questions or whatever mm-hmm. come out to in the Dharma. Mm-hmm. They come out in the Dharma and I try to frame it in a way where we can all kind of grab a hold of what we need. You know, because the questions are, are a lot of times the questions and how we ask the questions are more important than the answers. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the answers, like there's no real, most of the time there's no real definite answers in life. Right. It's, it's because again, it's that contextual thing. Like life is so contextual. What's yeah. the right answer here? It's absolutely the wrong answer in this Over situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the question is yeah. kind of like awareness, like just bringing an awareness, awareness. to it. And I, that's and where I'm always like, awareness is everything. Everything. And, and operating in those shades of gray. Yeah. And, and the ambiguity of our lives. Shadow, and so, yeah. yeah. And the quality of the questions we ask ourselves, the quality of the questions we ask ourselves, and that's the thing, are what move us forward. Yeah. And move us deeper. And then we're pondering things. It's like, oh, man, you know, looking at things from a different perspective. And so the Light Warrior Coaching that I do now, where I work with people one-on-one in small groups, I put an online course together um, for, for, you know, groups. Yeah. And the corporate speaking that I do, I, I comes from this, this idea, you know, this Light Warrior Coaching of igniting that light that's in everybody. Now, that sounds pretty general, I think. And maybe it sounds even too fluffy or too fuzzy for a lot of people, but where it comes from is that we all have that light, right? Mm-hmm. We all have that that special, this uniqueness in our own human way that we add to the world, that we yeah. add to our relationships. Yeah. It might be on this great big grand scale like Anthony Robbins, <laughs> you know, or it might be on this more community-oriented scale like so many people are living such beautiful, amazing lives and impacting people on a smaller scale, but it's still just as important and everything else. And so whatever it is, it it might just be the love that you bring to your family or your children that you pass on, your husband, your wife, whatever it is. And so um, ignite, but it's really like igniting that, you know, when we feel like maybe we're stuck or we're dimming our light or we're playing too small because I've been guilty of all these things (laughs) in my own life, you know, where you're just, you're playing and hopefully you have the mirrors in your life that will remind you of that, that will kind of push you forward, even if it's yeah. not pretty, to say, look, you know what? You're playing small right now. What are you doing? Oh, yeah. You're, I talking, this, this you're talking this big game, <laughs> but really, what are you doing? And, you're not, and I've had that directly asked of me in my relationship, you know? Yeah. And so getting out there and just doing what you're kind of meant to do and it may be something big and it may be, it may be something in between or whatever and who knows where it leads to, but doing the things we need to do to wake up every day to feel lucky to be alive first of all because even no matter what even if the bad stuff to feel grateful for even the yeah. challenges in our life mm-hmm. and to be able to live an inspired life so we do that through what, what by connecting to the to the human condition not the human condition that tra- draws us down but you know art yeah. music writing reading you know, you know painting 
um, all this stuff through our bodies, you know. So it's really this limitless thing of connecting to the human spirit, being inspired every day, being excited to be alive, um, and creating more poetry in our lives, you know. Maybe it's literal, but I I mean that more figuratively, but creating more of a poetic life for ourselves that that we can really see life in a positive way because people can say whatever they want like oh you see the world through rose colored glasses or whatever else it's like no I'm not trying to sweep anything under the rug and no exactly but it's like the perspective that we choose yeah that to see life through like even something negative happens feeling that pain having the courage to feel that pain and to be sad and to to really feel hurt and broken or whatever else and that's real but also how is that going to help us to help us grow that's how you that's have to resiliency move on, though. yeah, yeah. but that's, that's how res- you move on is by yeah. feeling that and acknowledging it and knowing it's okay that you feel like shit right now yeah. whatever the emotion the is, vulnerability of the it the vulnerability and then, yeah. instead of suppressing it because okay. that's totally. where people yeah. get in trouble they just suppress it and they move on nothing happened keep that stiff upper lip yeah or they drink or use substances oh, yeah. or like whatever it is that gets you by but like we were just talking about that book um, letting go Okay, um, okay. Uh, David R. Hawkins, and it's okay. all about that. Like, he has the levels of emotions, and like, yeah. if you go through this, you're gonna go through Ooh, this I emotion, you're gonna out. go through this emotion, and you're it's kind of confusing. People don't get it, but they're like looking into it too much. It's very simple. It's just yeah. like you said, like, feel it, feel it, just like acknowledge it, just know it's okay to feel, even it's shame, you know, like yeah. it's okay to mm. feel it, and then you let it go, yeah, absolutely, and then you can move past it, but like, it's Ooh. the whole like you know suppressing it and that just doesn't that's just gonna put you in that loop because oh, it's gonna come back well out. too and when you try to that suppress way. it too you're already right when you try to suppress something like that some these heavy emotions you're already cutting off a huge piece of your life because here's the thing you try to suppress it right but inevitably it's going to come up through a memory or something always. that somebody says or something that you read it's always going to come back triggered. and every time it comes back you get triggered and then you go back into that pattern of suppressing again mm-hmm. and so it's this really dysfunctional cycle yeah. of of you know and so it's like it, it, it actually hurts you so much because you're suppressing suppress oh shoot, there it goes again suppress suppress so you get really good at, cre- at, at suppressing so you get really good at sweeping things under. you get really good at bottling things inside you get really good at this stuff it becomes a skill yeah. but not only does it become a skill like it the emotional turmoil right? yes I know <laughs> what do they say They're that saying that cancer is anger turned inward yeah. now that doesn't totally. mean I, I, mean, I, I take totally, that for what it's worth but, but nevertheless like lung cancer is like grief you hold all your grief there like I just you know it's like when people don't smoke and they get lung cancer yeah. it's grief it's yeah, like that, shit they have the whole yeah. un, you know the whole heart center yeah, yeah. yeah. so I God I believe in that so mm. much so and it's yeah it's it is it is and yeah that, that so that is yeah a powerful thing to, to just and it's the you know the, the icky part of it is 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 we're we're dealing with things and we're feeling things that are just so inconvenient sometimes, you know. Wow. It is it is really inconvenient being a human being. You know, it's this is a tough crazy. test a lot of times where yeah. you are you are you are feeling things that uh, you know are just uncomfortable. But here's the other thing. Like this is something I've been thinking about lately, or I actually wrote about it in my last uh, last little, little blog or whatever. And talking about like we got to be careful with our feelings. You know, we live in this culture sometimes, especially the the. This spiritual world, and this this personal growth world, can be very self-absorbed in a way, and it can be very selfish-oriented too. Like, how many times I read on Instagram, like this, you know, 
there's a picture of the galaxy and and then a quote like if they don't understand you then let them go let them just go kick them to basically kick them to the curb it's like what what kind of selfish spirituality is this yeah i mean like what like if they don't understand just let them go like like nobody's worth changing for or growing for in life i mean our relationships are really everything all of our relationships are everything we are we are working in relationship is one of the most important things to do is learning to operate and work in relationship and really that's where the rubber meets the road in a lot of ways like okay you might be this out in the world but how are you in this intimate level one-on-one with your children with your wife with your husband can you change with your ex-husband you know with your ex-wife whatever it may be yeah gosh i mean how do you how do you uh, you know can you uh, do you does no one want to change because that's because I am who I am and that's just the way it is. Like, who are we really that you can't make these changes that you need to make with your life? I mean, if someone's holding up this mirror and this is the person that you love and that is a beautiful person and they're like, hey, you know, I need you to, I need this out of our relationship. It's like, Okay, well, thank you for communicating that with me. Like, what are you going to say? Oh, I forgot to work well, on Well, I am who I am. Yeah. yeah, I am who I am. I'm not going to change for you. Well, like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so, but like, where is that? Because I've had to, because there's boundaries too. So sure. I've had to work on boundaries to where I'm like, okay, that person just doesn't work in my life. Okay, yes. You know what I mean? Right. So like, if there's a fine line. I think like, there's a vibration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's this push and it's okay to be pushed mm-hmm. and feel that push mm-hmm. and to move through some potential conflict it's usually our ego that's getting involved it's like this defense we're defending we're defending what like a lot of times you gotta, we gotta sit back what am I defending right now and is it really worth it I mean and it's hard because I you know I just if I can well that's your to shadow this too if you're yeah. irritated by something someone else is doing it's usually an aspect in yourself that you're rejecting you're yep, rejecting yeah. Oh, that's so good. I always uh, try to remember that. And I know I know there's some controversy right now, but I am gonna quote Yogi Bhajan and yeah, he had that yeah. quote where the other person is you. The other person is you. And, and well and that is an ancient like I mean, ancient yeah, Buddhist proverb. I mean that stranger things. is yeah. you, you know yeah. that that stranger's you. And, and it's so totally it's that goes that with our thing. Yeah, with that shadow too. Well that's you too. Mm-hmm. So this is what you what you push away, what you resist is that part of yourself. Yeah. That you don't want to see, is yeah. oftentimes, yeah. you know, and it's like that whole thing with that, um, the feelings. Like, we're yeah. saying, oh, I gotta honor my feelings. I, I feel the way I feel, and all this other stuff. And I'm, like, I'm not making fun of it because That's it's true. Ego. Feelings are important, but That's a lot true. of times our feelings are based on thoughts that aren't even real. It's like Byron Katie talks about. You know, mm-hmm. she's so good at talking about like, it's it's really difficult work, but it's really um, it's, it's all difficult. It's work. all difficult <laughs> work, and she calls it the work. Yeah, you know, and, work. but it's so mm-hmm. profound and it's so simple. It's like first ask yourself, is it true? Like if it's not true, can you see of any good stress free reason to hold on to that thought? You don't even know if it's true, but yet. We, we walk around holding on to these thoughts that aren't even true and we create these stories and they're like, well, these are my feelings. Yeah, but your feelings are based on thoughts that aren't even, that true. Aren't even true. They're not even true and yet yeah. these are our feelings and you're yeah. defending your feelings yeah. like they are like a part of your, like a, an appendage that's about to get chopped off. <laughs> you know, it's just your feelings. I mean, can your feelings change? I mean, are these feelings even based in reality? Yeah. Like, is it true? Like when you're thinking someone else is thinking about you. They're yeah. not even thinking about you. Yeah, like they don't even, you. yeah. Are you that important? Yeah, it's like that song by Carly Simon 
yeah, where she's yeah, supposedly yeah. talking about who's the guy so um, vain or whatever. yeah where she's saying you're so vain yeah. I bet you think this song is <laughs> yeah. about you yeah, yeah you're so, and it's yeah. totally true it's like they're yeah. not even they're not even thinking about, about you. you you're not that important yeah. I mean they're you're making up these stories that in you're fact they might about. be thinking about what you're thinking about them <laughs> totally <laughs> you know? probably yeah it's so, so interesting yeah, yeah. the work is. the work is so hard yeah it yeah. is um, it's a challenging thing so, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, anything else you want to add to like your services? Oh, oh, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Well, I think ultimately, to I think the big a big part of it is joy, mm-hmm. and that's again a big broad word. It's like happiness. What is happiness? Well, we'd probably best served in our culture to talk to our kids about just contentment sometimes, because okay, it's just people say, well, okay, you know, in our culture, okay doesn't sound ambitious enough. Okay doesn't sound lofty enough. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, being okay with life, being okay with our okayness, being okay with our discomfort, you know, just being, it's like, well, okay, I don't want to be okay. Well, I I get it. Like, we want to live magnificent lives. We want to have magical lives and everything. But, like, my buddy, um, my buddy Mickey wrote this amazing blog, and it was, it's just a really cool blog. I just, I resonated with it so much. And it was talking about the metaphor of chopping wood and carrying water. Most of our life is chopping wood and carrying water. And I've been using that in my class, too. I'm probably totally... I I, I probably have to write him a check every time I use it. But it's like chopping wood and carrying water. And it's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful metaphor for our life because that is what most of our life is. Mm -hmm. And so how do you... How can the mundane be okay? Every moment is not going to be, like, miraculous. But when we're able to be in the moment, all of a sudden the moment somehow does become kind of magical. Yeah. Buttering your toast. When you're just putting that butter Mm -hmm. on your toast and you can smell the bread Mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay. You're not thinking about, I got to get out the door. I got to get the kids to school. I got to get to this. I got to do this. I got to do this. You're actually just, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, wow. You know, and you're, and you're, the world opens up a little bit. And so um, we talk about, you know, bringing joy to the chopping the wood and the carrying water of our lives. Like, can you just, practice that joy and not depend upon someone else to bring it to the party for you or not depending upon this other person to bring it to the relationship for you but show up with your own joy and let them show up with theirs and and just just being more joyful in your life and it doesn't mean not feeling it but even bringing more joy to your sadness allowing yourself to even just feel the sadness that you're feeling Mm You know, that is, in a way, yeah. a form of joy, too, to yeah. have the resiliency to be able to do that, okay the bravery and our vulnerability yeah. to be able to do yeah. that kind of stuff. And so yeah. it's it's kind of a plan of words, perhaps sometimes, or not a plan of words, but a, a different interpretation of the word. But I think this broader meaning I like to that. what joy it's is. It's just like, yeah, just being okay. I, I like that for my son. He has, a, I think he's very, I'm very high and low. I yeah. go through very highs and I go very low yeah, and sure. I'm like need to be. I mean, they're all or nothing. All or nothing. And yeah. The polarities, like, right? Yeah. The polarities. It's hard for people to, to ride that middle path, that, the middle path. Yeah. It's hard for me and I'm getting, it's hard for to a it. lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's hard, hard for, for me sometimes too. And yeah. I see that with my son and it's hard to tell yeah. them like, but I like that. Like we just need to be okay. Like, yeah. you know, cause they're getting to that point where expectations and like, and he's like gifted. So it's like, I hate using that word, but yeah. there's, I, I've been, I didn't even really know that what that meant until we had him tested and it's all the emotions and all these 
sensitive things and outbursts and things that I've been like, what is going on with him? And it's all part of this thing. And he's very like, he's thinking up here, but his brain is not developed enough to process it. Oh, yeah. We've got a nine-year-old like that, too. Very emotional, intuitive child. Yes. And, oh, my God, some of the things he's brought up. I mean, my wife and I look at each other just like, I can't even believe he's thinking about that. I mean, and it is not. It's kind of of stuff that will throw you into a tailspin because you're like, shoot, I don't even know if I want to think about that right now. And here's our little nine-year-old boy that's thinking like that. And it's not untrue. It's true. It's true. Where do we go? What happens next? You know, I'm going to be on this earth without you or something. It's like, oh, man. (laughs) I know. I know. And you're like, what do you tell them? You know, I mean, I've been like, there isn't a book for Acknowl- this. I don't yeah. think like acknowledging like, that truth and yeah. and, and um, or truth is I don't like the, the word in that situation necessarily, but acknowledging that intuitiveness and the sensitivity, the you know, in the you know, in the spiritual world, they say the old soulness yeah. of a, of a child that, yeah, that is definitely. asking questions like yeah. that. But he's also yeah, just yeah. this regular kid too that yeah. just is a goofball and he's totally. But you know, but when they're the serious, all of a sudden like it comes that, up yeah. and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. You are a heavy-duty dude, man. Yeah. You are, you are a deep like, kid. Yeah, I'm like, I'm being challenged to <laughs> yeah. no other with this one. I'm yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, like yeah. you said, there's no manual for that one. Like, there's no <laughs> manual, so it's been hard, but, like, it's also, like, really amazing. Yeah. You're like, whoa. This All of a sudden, you find yourself commiserating with your nine-year-old child yeah. on 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 the... <laughs> ancient questions of life like you're just yeah. i don't know like yeah. that's a good one like yeah yeah that's uh that's tough that's yeah. a tough one <laughs> yeah so that's what we're that's yeah. our world right yeah. now but like he's that very high and low too and so i like that just like being okay being present yeah. like he hasn't been wanting to like so he used to come and sit down with me when i was meditating and now i have to come and like come on come on in here yeah come on and he's like ah, okay and he'll kind of like yeah but uh, yeah, yeah. but I was also saying this, like, even if, you know, live by example, yeah. of course, because yeah. they, they see more than they hear. They're horrible listeners at age seven, <laughs> coming to realize. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he'll always come back to it. Some would you say know? we're horrible listeners at 50. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Maybe it's just I'm, men. Maybe just we No, are. but, you know, the podcast has helped yeah. me become a better listener. Yeah. Even I from bet. the first episode, I noticed I was, like, cutting people off. Like, just going Whoa. back and re-listening to it. And I still kind of do it. I, that's something I've had to. But it's the awareness. Like, okay, you need to step back and kind of, like, listen. Yeah. And so, like, this has been, like, a teacher to me so it's been interesting that's fun though huh yeah it was cool because i was like oh my god i kept cutting her off like shut up can we do it again can you come back next week i will i I won't cut you off yeah i just kind of was like okay i just need to do better you know so that was kind of interesting that's a beautiful way of looking at it right there yeah just like not dragging yourself through the mud even though that imitation is there to drag yourself through the mud Mm -hmm. but you're just like i'm gonna resist that and get out i did for a minute yeah oh yeah we all do for a minute i i yeah, where but we just like, kind of mm-hmm. wallow in our self-pity and yeah. feel sorry for ourselves for a moment and, and then pile on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it becomes a distraction. Yeah. Like, but once we start piling on ourselves too much, it becomes a distraction mm-hmm. from the real opportunity to work. Like, okay, oh let me just take this. I do that uh, a You're right. I am just, I feel like I'm getting totally, like, um, what's the word? Uh, 
uh, annihilated oh, right yeah, now, but yeah, it's all yeah. true. Okay. Like I deserve it. Like, but yeah. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. And I'm not going to yeah. start beating myself up too much. I yeah. just want to try to listen yeah. again. Back, to, I'm going to just try to listen. Try to listen yeah. because there's so much that I need to learn, and yeah. that all of us <clears throat> need to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I got upset with myself for a minute and then I even talked about it in the intro of the next one I was like I'm learning so much like how to be a better listener of course I was hard on myself but I'm over it but I've been trying to listen more just to like the pings of the universe I think I'm stuck in a lot of ways because I'm not listening to things that are coming my way I'm just like oh should I do that I don't know like it's you know navigating and things coming to you I kind of like think I've been resisting a lot <clears throat> so I'm trying to be better at listening to what's coming to me I think that is really cool that you um talk like this because I think a lot of times the format an interviewer feels like all they can do is, all they have to do is ask questions and good follow-up questions and I love how you share because it's most of my favorite like podcasts yeah. I listen to like you listen to Rich Roll yeah, ritual yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's—I mean—it's such a great podcast. But I think one That's of where the, I've listened to the Guru Singh ones. Yeah, the where it's through ritual. Yeah, yeah, Guru, the Guru Corner, and everything else. And I was yeah. turned on to ritual by a professional soccer player, my Dylan, this guy named Dylan oh. Powers, who I, he, young guy, kind I of old soul. And he says, he says, he turned me on to this podcast, and and I've I've grown to love it. And uh, he does that so well. Mm-hmm. Like, just talks about like his humanness and like, you know, things he doesn't even, maybe he feels like he doesn't even do very well and all his, he's so good at being self-deprecating, but not being vulnerable. Yeah. Just being vulnerable. And I think that's a beautiful thing. If you can master that, which you are just being you, you know, that's what my thing is. And I've been like my, uh, my fifth chakra. chakra. Like anytime I get a reading or anything, they're always, that's why I was like, I forgot to get my mala today. Cause I just got a reading the other day and she's, it was like Vedic astrology, but she's also very intuitive. Yeah. She was like, you're fifth chakra. Here's a mala for communication. <laughs> and I'm uh, like, that's something I worked on. Like I wanted to do this podcast, but I've never been a person that just like puts it all out there. I would with like people I just met, but it would be like more one-on-one, yeah. not to like the world, you know? Yeah, and right. so this has been huge for me to like, yeah. and I do, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be, I want people to know that I'm a real person, especially when you're life coaching. Like you said, people probably come up to you because you exude that. Like you're yeah. a real person. You're not this fake person. That's like, I'm going to make your life better. Come get a session with me. You know, you yeah. want to, Yes. You want to show them that you've done the work and that you can be vulnerable and like, you're not perfect. Like yeah, no one's so, perfect. You so know? true. And a lot of people look for that perfectionism in a person. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, but I think nowadays more people like want to know your story and yeah. no one's has ever perfect or great, you know? Yeah. You just some of the nitty grittiness of our mm-hmm. lives. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I think that is, um, it's interesting too, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you, how did you get through that? How do yeah. you? How did you make it through that that difficult time in your yeah. life, or you know where people came from? We all come from different places yeah. and everything else. So and so, yeah, it's interesting. It's part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's like that's why I'm, I always encourage my students to read more fiction. Mm-hmm. It's like these these are the stories right here. You can read all the self growth books in the world, but like the real yeah. the, the the stories that are passed on are, are these stories mm-hmm. like that that are. Through the written word, you know what I mean, like yeah. the, the, the 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 are from our imaginations, you know yeah. the, you know, and and that nitty grittiness and the our imperfections and our neurosis and everything else, um, that comes through with literature. 
Yeah. Know? And just the and the beauty not that not just that, but the beauty of life. You know, yeah. the beauty of life when life is nothing but a you know, a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know that's what I'm my happiest is when I'm reading some fiction. Mm. You know, I love nonfiction. I read everything. I read sure. all the self help oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff. But yeah. I'm always the happiest when we are reading. Just I'm closing up to a great, great book, a great writer. Yeah, just wanting uh, to know what happened. Connecting, yeah, and, and you just feel like you're part of this. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, you're just your part brain. of the human story. You're yeah. part of this. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I yeah. love it. I know. I want to be a writer. I'm struggling <laughs> with that. That's like one of my struggles right now. I have a couple of good things. I have a memoir oh, good. that I'm trying to work on. And good. I also, since a lot of this stuff has come up in the yoga community, I kind of have a, I've actually, it's so funny. It's actually started with a title. Yeah. Not the idea. I had this like wonderful title and it's from a Joe Didion book, just a phrase, yeah. Yeah. a phrase in one of her books. And I'm like, yeah. The name of my next book. Don't like, share that phrase. I'm though. not sharing. I'm not. Don't sharing. share it. You got to hold on to that. Otherwise, once you, once you share it, the the balloon just pops. Oh no! The no. air just goes out of the balloon. I did get it tattooed, but I didn't even share my tattoo. There you go. I didn't share my tattoo. So, yeah. so yes, yes. Yeah. So bad. Like I started with a title, but now that something's come up, and I'm like, that's perfect for this title. It's yeah. Interesting. So. Hey. Joan Diddy, what Joan Diddy book do you remember? Um, it was um, a book of a common oh, prayer. It? I'm like, I have it right there. Okay, we had some technical difficulties, so we'll start back. over real quick. So that was my fault. I stepped on the button. <laughs> it's Full okay. So we uh, were um, coming back to the meditation or kriya that you're currently doing with your class. Okay, so meditation or kriya that, or that you're doing personally. Yeah. Either way. Yeah, uh, what I'm doing with most of my clients right now is um, there's about probably three or four mm-hmm. uh, prote- protection and projection from the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do that with, uh, we should do that with Snadamkar, mm-hmm. her version of it. Yeah. And that's an 11 minute version and it's beautiful, you know, so much of Snadam stuff is. That's such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the one we're doing. Uh, and, um, Antar Nad meditation for yeah. a full moon. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not a full moon, it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful meditation. Yeah. You know, when you bring your hands up and you start opening like yeah. the, the lotus mudra, and then you come up yeah. there and you come back down. I haven't it. done that one in a long it time. It is so pretty. Yeah, it is so, so sa re sa sa. Yeah. And so uh, doing doing that one, um, and I forgot. You said breath of fire. Yeah, always. You always know, breath of fire is always yeah. kind of a. That's kind in. of a go-to, you know, yeah. unless a woman's it in the first couple of days in of the moon cycle, you do the breath of fire, yeah. long, deep breathing. Yeah, always. That's mm-hmm. long, deep breathing, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's one, I mean, for somebody that doesn't even meditate, but you start with the long, deep that's breathing. What I, I mean, I that's say. one of the best things. You know, and the Buddha talks about Just that. The Buddha talks breath. about the breath. Yeah. Thich Nhat Hanh talks so much about that. I, I know that I'm it's breathing in, force. and I know that I'm breathing mm-hmm. out. It's just that simple. And so that long, deep breathing is a great place to start for everybody. Alternate nostril breathing, you know, Nadi Sadhana. Oh, yeah, you said Not, the Siddharshan. Yeah, and, Siddhar- and then the Siddharshan Chakra Kriya is, is just a great one. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and then that's, <clears throat> uh, those are meditations, they're Kriyas, they're Pranayams, mm-hmm. they're all those things. Yeah, and so you, you can gather it all up and the Kirtan Kriya. And I usually, what do we usually do the Kirtan Kriya with uh, this couple, this beautiful couple, um, man and woman? Um, and that's what we usually do that with. And it's about a 12-minute version of it. Yeah. So, Kirtan Kriya is good. There's that, um, you know, that's scientifically yeah. proven to um, Start, decrease yeah. Uh, Alzheimer's. Yeah. And all the um, reversing it, stopping it. Yeah. Or slowing it down. Slowing it or whatever, down. Or whatever, down. All the, the, all the aspects of dementia. I know I'm trying dementia. to get my dad to get it. 
Oh, yeah. Or do it. I tried to get my mom and dad to do it as well. They acted really interested for a while, and then they were like... I know my dad did, too. I got him that that book, um, Meditation is Medicine. That's He talks about the the research on it and all the scientific stuff behind it. And my dad was, like, really into it. And then he just never did it, but you never know. I know. I thought the same thing. I thought Mm -hmm. my... Um, I well, thought there was some real interest there. And so you're like, oh, yeah, I'll show you that. Well, the last that. person that I interviewed, she said she started doing it before she goes to bed. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah, that's it. Because that? yeah. I usually just do my morning practice. But I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, that'd be a great one to do right before bed. I'm yeah. I thinking. Definitely. Definitely. All right, let's move on. What's yeah. your favorite mantra? You can have a couple. Oh, that, no, that is a good one. Okay, so the one that I've been doing a lot and I've just resonates with me a lot is uh, and I know they change, the mantra yeah. for prosperity and overcoming obstacles Absahaihua Sache Da Sache Do even the Nancy I love that one I've just added yes. it the, I do the left hand and I love doing right, yeah, right hand over, over yeah which is weird because most time right. I go left or right but in that yeah. meditation you go right over I mean, now I just or left added on top that of right. one this week yeah mm-hmm. Absahaihua and do you do it with Guru Das I do Guru Das, the, the husband and the wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's kind of old school. I do because I but do I, to I do the one right before that. Yes. I do Had Hare Hari Wahe Guru. Yeah. I do that. Hare, hare. Now wahe that is. Guru. I do that one right before. Yes. So I do that and then I do Aksahai Hoi and then I do um, Sanatam Kars Har Har Har. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do all the hard. Yeah, I'm all, all about hard. creativity and prosperity. Oh, right that now, is so, so. good. That See, is it's so, so good. funny in my interviews. Yeah, it's always like I'll interview three people and they're all doing the same meditation. It's like, do, 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 well, it's that. Yeah. Uh, what is it? You know, the conscious, collective consciousness. Collective consciousness. Yeah. Like everybody's kind of thinking like what they need. And yeah. It's interesting. But it's a great breakthrough, and it's a fun one to it. do. And I love <laughs> the one. I love about that version of Guru Das. Is there's some, there's that beautiful ambient version that um, Jai Jai Jagdish has on that mm-hmm. um, Kundalini yoga mix. It's there's a DJ underwater. Oh, it's yeah, the yeah, album yeah. covers. Yeah. And it's such a cool mix. I mean, yeah. you can listen to that whole thing. I think there's maybe one song on it that sometimes I go through because I don't like that version. But but Guru Das's version, their version is so beautiful because you have the real chanting version. Of, uh, see, that's what I like. But yeah. then you got two where they're singing. So you got the chant where it's really kind of the chant, but then you have the singing version. And so it's almost like the perfect version of that mantra because you get a really kind of the, the come back to earth with that chant. And then you get to really let your voice sing with the singing part and you get to do each in two parts. And it's so cool. And, and, and yeah, it's just a a beautiful mantra. Yeah. I love it. I know. I just, I let, and you know why I started doing it? Cause I just let it play the other day. Usually I'm like, I switch it up real quick and I change it. Yeah. But the other day I just let it play and I was like, I like this mantra. And so then I looked up a meditation for it and I just like went with it. That's so cool. And Guru Singh has something cool to say about that one too. Oh, okay. He tells a story oh, about yeah. when um, he was, you know, he was doing this business and he didn't consider himself like this business guy. Yeah. You know, he talks about that a lot, but he became yeah. a great business yeah. guy, but he didn't consider himself that. Yeah. And then he, but his business was kind of str- suffering. And I think it was Yogi Bhajan that said to him, play this mantra over and over and over again all day long. I think I've and so he, yeah, I'm sure, too. I'm sure. And yeah. so he put it, but you know, back then they had tapes, so he had to put the tape on a <laughs> yeah. loop or whatever. And he said, in less than a year, his business went from one place to mm-hmm. another and just became so financially abundant, and things went so well because you know. And of yeah. course, we credit that. You know, it's the way things go. You know, yeah. it's intention. It's that power of intention, that intention too. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. It's so cool. Do you have another one? Um, the other one, I love. I love. Uh, 
Guru, was it not Guru Nam Singh version of, well, I like his version, but it's, uh, I love Vayanti, but the version of. I haven't listened to this. Yeah, I love Vayanti by um, Guru Ganesha Singh. Oh, I love that yeah. version of Wayanti by Guru Ganesha yeah. saying like Wayanti, yeah. Wayanti, I love that. And then of course, all the the Mu Mantras always great. Mu-matras you know which one's so hard for me is Rake Rakanahar. I still too. have to. I still can't get. I mean, it there's all parts away. that you know, like I feel kind of comfortable with, and then other parts I'm like, I really don't. I that gotta is look so back. Rake Rakanahar is and such a, a good one. It's a, it's it's a, a good powerful one. one, and especially Snodams. Like Snodams, you mm-hmm. want to just dance around, and say Rake yeah. Rakanahar. I know. I still have problems, but there's so many parts too. I don't really know. Like which, I know most of yeah. Japji, and I still can't. Get oh Rake yeah, you're, you're on your own there. Like I mean, I like doing Japji, but I don't. I'm just like. Oh, I did it for a year straight. Oh my god. Every day for a year straight. That is awesome. It wasn't in the morning. It was an Aquarian Sadhana, but every day. Every day you did Japji, and I would chant, and I learned so much. Just there is something that way. special about that though when yeah. you do that that is really turns yeah. you in yeah time, so. i've been trying to like play it in the background again because yeah. i kind of took a break and then now i've been like i think we kind of just need it playing all the time yeah you know like it's yeah. powerful so and in the garden every spring mm-hmm. i play it in my garden so my plants will come out strong. <laughs> yeah yeah that's good that's crazy people in our mantras and our yeah. Ong so Han, that's a good one yeah yeah I like that one too yeah I um, know they're all good I love that I guess it's just 20 minute into. version or 24 minute version that Guru Singh has yeah. Ong oh, and that Ong yeah, carries out that Ong and you just feel that Ong yeah. and then so Hong yeah you know it's just ah oh, it's so cool yeah, yeah. love it so. um Let's see. Moving on. Oh, this one's a good one. Okay. If you could recommend a book, a video, a teacher, or anything, what would you recommend to anybody that has helped you or guided you on your journey? Well, gosh. Anything. It doesn't have to anything. be Kundalini. It could be anything. No, it could be anything. anything. You know, um, the, the book <clears throat> that had such a huge impact on me in my adult life, uh, and it was the time I it, it literally – fell off the shelf that's an interesting story it fell off the shelf it's called when things fall apart by pema children and um i think what's so special about pema is is she has such a way of speaking to everyone yeah um and yet not watering down the you know the uncompromising nature of the lessons, not the not the dogmatic nature, because she's not dogmatic, no. and and that's the thing, like it's not dogmatic, but mm-hmm. just like I know this is a hard concept, yeah. But you, we have to practice this, and we have to be uncompromising in how we practice it. Not like the discipline, even. It's just mm-hmm. like, op- like truly the true act yeah. of opening your heart, yeah, in all of its forms. Been I've been called on it lately too. Like you have this open this heart stuff, let that stuff go. Like opening your heart and talking about it in one realm, yeah, it, you know, really doing it in the other realms, you might find that you're really not opening your heart, but you think you are. So yeah. let's oh, yeah. let's, let's keep it all in perspective yeah. here. You might think you talk about this open heart, you know, but it, yeah. how how can you really open and be available in this realm of your life? And so mm-hmm. Pema just talks about it makes things so accessible. Uh, and that that book to me is always kind of like I guess it's my, one of my little Bibles, you know. Um, it's just, it just helped me so much, and it just has such a broad perspective. It's not so specific, but it's so broad that you can apply it to life, and it's almost instantly. It's almost like an oxygen mask. Is so you know good. what I mean? Yeah. She's so so it's, almost, boom. it's so funny because I just yeah. quoted her the other day. I had 
I had someone else's quote mm-hmm. on my website. I had to take it down uh-huh, and I replaced it with Pema oh, and I replaced <laughs> and I replaced it with the one where she's like, we can make ourselves miserable or we can be strong. It takes the same effort either way. Ooh, you're good at remembering all these quotes. That's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's so true. And I'm and I've been doing this to myself yeah. like recently. Uh, I'm like, oh, just like in this dark, miserable place. And I'm like, it takes the same effort to turn it around. Like, oh yeah. So I was like, that is so good. And I like posted it on my Instagram. I don't care about likes, but. I got like more likes than I had followers on that one. And I was like, what is going on? That like is people good. were like, yes. And I even misspelled strong. I forgot the T, but no one cared. <laughs> no one cared. People were like, we know what you're saying. It. Like, strong, yeah. strong. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh crap, I misspelled it. And yeah. No one cared. You know, you can like, edit that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? So, yeah. yeah, she's one of my, I always like kind of recommend her for people that like don't, because she goes deep, but not in that way where you can't understand. No, she no. It, she really, yeah. Me. She really doesn't, which is so funny because I read something about the Dalai Lama, a, a book by the Dalai Lama, which I think you kind of expect the Dalai Lama to be just like, it, the Dalai Lama, first of all, yeah. the dude is. I mean that yeah. he is a not just yeah. a spiritualist, but yeah. he is an intellectual yeah. Oh, yeah. as well. And so, but for some reason, you know, you, everybody's heard of Dalai Lama. You, mm-hmm. you pick up one of his books, and it's not that big, and you read it, and you you realize how deep that guy yeah. is. And some of the stuff you're just like, wait a second, I gotta read that again. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, but I loved way, it. Yeah. But it's just like I gotta, I gotta read that like, again because <laughs> he is really diving in. I did not expect this from the Dalai Lama because you know he's so he's such a public figure yeah. and everything else. So. Um, I got a book given to me by one of my students and friends, um, clients, um, that new book by Deepak, Metahuman, or oh, yes. How to Become a Metahuman. You know, yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. And I know uh, Deepak's not everybody's someone cup told, of tea. Someone told me the last page was like, boom. Yeah. But I haven't I read drop. it yet. So I sit there. I haven't either. There's so and many, his, honestly, that I have not like, he completely has so many read. Books. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I. Usually can't read his books. I have to do like an audio book. Okay. Yeah, it's like yeah. that when they go that deeper kind of. I I can't like I'll never finish it. <laughs> so yeah. I have to like listen and maybe take notes. Um, but yeah, someone else recommended that as well. Yeah, Byron Katie's "Loving What Is" I think mm-hmm. is a really good one. That was a huge one. That concept, and I was turned on to that one by my friend who was a yoga student of mine. Who did I mean? It's gone to her company. But then my wife was reading her and she turned me on to that and I was like yeah I've heard of this but I never I don't know much about it so I read it and I was like damn this stuff is good I've never read that one I've listened to a lot of her stuff and but I've never read I've always she's been on my list like you know books I've that one too is that sacred path the Shambhala sacred path of the warrior or something like that Mm -hmm. which is a little bit abstract but I thought it was really good as well okay yeah cool Um, I don't know if you kind of already mentioned this, but what is your daily sadhana? Like your personal My daily, daily sadhana, sadhana. kind of changes, and um, yeah. But when I'm really into my sadhana, I will do um, uh, a Kundalini, like Kriya meditation mantra work, and then I will do tra- uh, my TM transcendental meditation. Oh, you well. do both? Yeah, I'll, or, or maybe I'll, I'll maybe do the TM in the afternoon or something. See, I thought I was going to do that because I I did leave Kundalini. I took a break last year. Well, TM just kept coming up. Yeah. So I was like, this is a sign. This is a ping. Someone's telling me something. So I did go 
and get my mantra and everything. And I did it for, for probably a year. And then I went back to Kundalini, but I know I was like, Oh, I'm going to incorporate it. Maybe do it in the afternoon, but I haven't. Well, you know, that's, I think that's the key. And that's the one I miss the most is if I, that, I, that the afternoon TM is the one I miss the most, but you know, the, the Kriya that I really like, or the morning Saturn I really like is, um, I did 11 minutes of, which one did I start with? Okay. 11 minutes of Siddhartha Chakra Kriya mm-hmm. followed by 11 minutes of the Sat Kriya. Oh, or no, Sat I start Kriya with the Sat Kriya. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it kicks mm-hmm. my butt too. 11 minutes of Sat Kriya followed by 11 minutes of Siddhartha Chakra Kriya followed by 11 minutes of long Ekankars and then mm-hmm. 11 minutes and then the, um, and then the 11 minutes of Kirtan Kriya. Oh, so those four Kriya, so that's four, you know, that's about 44 minutes when that's it's all long, said and done. Yeah. You're about an hour. If you yeah. can get up early enough and do that, and that's yeah. a really, you know, that's a that's, that's a beautiful powerful. one because yeah, that's, that's a powerful, powerful one, you know. Right there, yeah. So you get the mantra working, and it doesn't have to be all Kundalini stuff. Like yeah. it can be can some sun salutations, you know, yeah, going through that. Sense. I do some things called the um, uh, breathing squats with mantra mm. uh, or with affirmation. So doing that breathing squats with on, on a mala, you know, yeah. that's a good one. Um, Zen swings. I learned from this guy um, named Oh my God. He was on a beach in Tulum. He was doing these cool little, doing some of those are, are a lot of fun. Zen swings, they're called. It. Yeah. And he got them from someone else. So, so it's all that. And then, you know, just sitting. Sometimes just taking a moment. Just, and that's what I love about the TM. It's just, you just. I love that you could do it anywhere. You yeah. could do it in your car. I did yeah. it at the airport with my sunglasses on. No one knew I was doing it. Yeah. I just was like, Harvey, stay right here. And yeah. I just like did it. I was like, I need to do it right now. And like, yeah. that's what I loved about it. Or yeah. like, you could just do it anywhere. Yeah, and when I'm doing that regularly, mm-hmm. I, you know, when you're doing any of these and you have that morning sadhana and you're doing it regularly, mm-hmm. it makes a difference, you know, and reading your, your, your just, you know, have just a little bit of your spiritual mm-hmm. books, Course in Miracles, of the Bhagavad Gita, I need to whatever it is, just a little bit of, a, a little bit of just something spiritual, the Upanishads, just yeah. to read every day, just, just a little bit to start day, the day yeah. in the morning. And then that's it. You don't, you know, you don't have to freak out about like, I've got to get through this. That's not no. what this is about. It's like just filling yourself up mm-hmm. with something that taps you in. Boom. And That's I did it. that the other day. The other day, the chanting seemed really hard for me. Yeah. Like, just some days, you know, that 11 minutes goes by like nothing. And then some days you're like, it's not 11 minutes yet, you know? And <laughs> yeah, like, like I was just, but even like, I didn't have a sore throat or anything. It was just like, I couldn't breathe or, so I just sat, like I played it, but yeah. I just sat and I'm like, this is okay. Like, I don't yeah. have to be hard on myself. And that's the thing too, is like not being hard on yourself on your daily sadhana. People, I used to be so yeah. crazy like 40 day meditations if i missed that day i was like so hard on myself i oh had to start God. all over yeah like i don't even count anymore um unless you're doing it with like a group of people yeah. it can kind of be fun but yeah i used to be so hard on myself and you know like every now and day there's a day that i miss and oh, yeah. one of uh city sure. cotton was like but you have a spiritual bank from all the times that you did that's do right. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I learned, yeah. Me. The Kirk Pauls like, would tell us that. Yeah. 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 So sure. I was like, that's great. Like, I don't have to worry about because I have it. I have it all built up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Oh, this one's good. We have a couple more if you're yeah, down for it. Okay. Of course. This one's good. What would be your advice for someone who wants to like start their own holistic business? Holistic business? Yeah, like if they want to be a coach or be a yoga teacher. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> no one said that yet. No one said the truth. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. I mean, this path kind Which of chose me. It has not been pretty. It has not been a pretty path, yeah. you know, financially. Ooh, I'm you're a doing hard time. a lot of um 
Hence the prosperity. Hence the prosperity <laughs> mantra. Meditation. Yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 um you get into this field deep enough and I've like I've been in this field for almost twenty years now. Mm-hmm. And it's changed, you know, kind of changed not directions ever, but it's just expanded and taken to taken different forms and everything. Yeah. You know? From managing a yoga program at just beautiful health club and we had this amazing yoga community to really not too long ago, figuring out what 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 is next, and being probably I'm being no doubt about it, the brokest I've ever been in my adult life. <laughs> the brokest I've ever been in my adult life. I remember last summer, you know, talking about that, and just you know, it was it was a crazy time, and because you know, just it was this space between what to build next and how to make this work and to build things beyond anything you've ever done before, and coming from this place that looked like stability and, you know, that really was just an illusion of success. Yeah. I mean, if successful, like the work that I've been doing in the world is yeah. very important work. And I'm not just crediting that. The actual and I, but the actual, yeah. like creating a living, mm-hmm. doing it, like making money, being able to try to bring home the bacon, yeah. so to speak, for the family. And that's caused tension and friction and yeah. it's caused a lot of uh, stress in my life. And so I would say to somebody, you know, the first thing is having your own spiritual practice is more important than actually having your spiritual business. Yeah. You know, having your own holistic practice and ways of living is probably is more important than creating your own business because we have all the right intentions behind this stuff. But the truth is if you're a professional and you've got professional skills, even if it's something that parts of that job, you just don't even like or whatever, but you're making, you're creating financial abundance for yourself and your family. And I've learned this from experience. Trust me, this is, uh, this is a little less than idealistic for in some people's eyes, probably you need to harness those things and, and, and make sure that, that you have solid ground before you really decide to give everything up to just move into this holistic realm of things or the spiritual realm of things, Mm -hmm. because it, um, it, it takes a while to figure out too, especially if you have no business sense. I mean, if you got no business sense or business <laughs> experience, how to do a business. Yeah. I mean, it makes it even that much harder yeah. because all your, what do they say? The road to hell is paid by good intentions. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know, the yeah. truth is, is don't really don't quit your day job yeah. because you can do this stuff in addition to what you're doing to create yeah. financial abundance for yourself and your family. Yeah. You don't have to drive into this. And I've learned a lot of this stuff the hard way. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough that, you know, <laughs> I had a, you know, I was a realtor, but I was I was always kind of a part time realtor. I was never yeah. like this. I love Denver. I love this, you know, the city and yeah. you know, showing properties. I love people and everything. I about but my it. when my wife got into real estate, we worked well, mm-hmm. you know, and she became the heavy lifter. You know, she was the one that would, you know, and so she was realtor full time, and she still is. And she's a great realtor and everything. So she was the she's the bread. She was the breadwinner. Yeah. And so she, you know, so many of the things that I was able to do, even though there's things like retreats, make some good money. Yeah. With retreats and create this amazing experience for everybody and you and we made you know you know we're financially abundant from these things yeah but it's not consistent the thing is i wouldn't be able to do so many things i did if it wasn't for yeah you had for her career right you know like some of the things i would have you know and so yeah and that's just the the reality of it all it's like you're never and you're never going to make a living or most of the time you're never going to make this true living by going around teaching um yoga classes because to do that you got to go run around town and teach 15 to 20 yoga class a week and to be honest there's no longevity to that. There's no um, residual income to that. There's no, and it, you're going to burn out. And yeah. that's what people that don't teach yoga or don't do this for a living, don't work in this emotional, psycho, spiritual, emotional realm of things, don't understand. It's like, 
well, why don't you go teach me more yoga classes? People tell me that it's all like the an time. eight hour so day annoying. just like, working at the office is way different than teaching eight yoga classes. There's just no way you can do it. It's you're just holding too much emotional yeah. space. And so and not only that, there's not just no way of really teaching eight and yoga classes a day do, anyway. Yeah, so you I have to find a different way to yeah. to expand your talents and yeah. to expand your gifts and your passions. And um most important part is just making it a part of your life, no matter what you do for a living. And then if you'll know. Yeah. If there's an opportunity to create something that serves, yeah. which is what we all want to do. We all want to serve. But that serves but also can create financial mm-hmm. abundance for yourself and your family. Then that opportunity will present yeah. itself. And it's going to take work and it's going to take creativity. And like you said, it's shifted over but it's the gonna years. But it's going to shift, yeah. yeah. And you, yeah. Definitely have had that as well. And that's, uh, that's kind of... Uh, what I have to say about that it's it, like I said it's, no it's, it's good advice it's yeah. good advice yeah. definitely I love that definitely <clears throat> okay this is what book are you currently reading <laughs> what book am I currently reading I'm reading um, the, um, the fiction I'm reading right now is a book by a Portuguese author called Land at the End of the World and it was and it's uh, a beautifully written book it was, it was I found out about this author so three his three names, and I forgot his name. But I found out about this author okay. when I read mm-hmm. The Sympathizer by Viet Tong Nguyen. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. like four or five, no, probably four or five or six years ago. It won the uh, Pulitzer Prize yeah, for fiction. And Viet, Viet Tong Nguyen is this beautiful writer. I, I mean, know, I keep... It was, and I it's a, just this beautiful list. book and just an amazing writer. And I got to see him speak at Tattered Cover on Colfax. Mm-hmm. And so we're down there. It wasn't even a big group. because, And just... Got, and he's just really impressive. But he talked about, I don't know if it was that there, that I read something about him. That was one of his favorite books. And I think he made mention of it. That author was oh, okay. one of his favorite authors, and that book was yeah, one of his favorite that. books, and that book inspired him. So I was like, oh, I wrote that down. Because that's how you learn stuff. I so I wrote that down, yeah. and um, and uh, I was like, okay, i got to read that cool. book at some point. And so I had it sitting on my shelf, like so many other things are sitting yeah. on the shelf. It's calling. When the, when the book calls you, it's going to call you. It yeah. could be Midnight's Children. It could be Spaceman of Bohemia. It could be whatever. <laughs> but when it's calling you, you're going to pick it up. And so yeah. I, I, I picked that one up, and uh, it was time. And so I'm about a quarter of the way into it right now. Beautiful writing. And then um, the other book I'm reading. What is the other book I'm reading right now? No, I'm always reading like three. No, I gosh, I can't even think about. Um, it is, it's kind of this. It's a spiritual book, but they're excerpts, and it, and it, he is a beautiful writer, and it's little excerpts. And I'm reading that, and I I just feel so bad. I gotta get is that. Is it name. poetry? It's it's not poetry. It's but it is beautiful prose, and he's this. <clears throat> hmm, I'm usually good about remembering some of these authors, and I'm just could not remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. that too. We were making. Yeah. We need to do more Kirtan. <laughs> yeah, we need. I'm gonna go. We were do that about the rest that. of the day. I oh never remember God. any actor's name anymore or the movies that they're in. Mm. I'm always like, you know that one guy? Like we were laughing about oh, it. Gosh, that's bothering me. Yeah, it'll come back. Yeah. What else are you super into right now? It doesn't have to be yoga or just like what? Po- are you listening to podcasts? Is there a movie you've been or a show you've been like? Uh, <laughs> getting into you know the show that I think is so great was that series on Netflix and there are two seasons in and I've watched all of the episodes and it's Sex Education oh it's so good on Netflix yeah, it is so, so good. I think it's just so good and I, what I find so interesting about that is well first of all it takes place in this beautiful area yeah, in England which yeah. I've never like hilly it's called the Y Valley 
And that's really cool. But what's really cool is how they're using, it's modern day, but they're using um, 80s music and oh, 80s I know. style. It's so, so it's this good. weird kind of, this. it's just kind of cool that they have this 80s music, but it's this modern day. You know, they yeah. have their cell phones and everything. But it fits. Yeah, and it fits, and it's just a really interesting show. It's funny, it's clever, mm-hmm. it's super smart writing. It's also so really good. touching, and the character development. Like, there's so many characters, and I don't know how, just in two seasons, they've developed these characters so deeply. Yeah. And with so much texture and richness. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's just, every character is flawed and every character is beautiful. (laughs) And it is just, just a, just brilliant writing. So so that's what I've, and then my, uh, this is a funny one too. It's it's on YouTube. It's called Cobra Kai. My son and I, my son is doing jujitsu and my little guy. And, I found out about this because I was like, "Oh, you want to watch some good stuff?" And I showed him the Karate Kids, the yeah, new yeah. one, the new one, the new one was I know, good I too. Watch it with but the, the 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 mm-hmm. first two, you know, the one, two, and and three, two, but the originals. Yeah, I had, yeah. And he loved the original. He loved the newest one. I had him watch that one first, but he loved the original even more. You know, with Ralph Macchio and yes. Pat Morita. You know, it's Miyagi. And don't we all want a little Miyagi yeah, in our life? Totally. I mean, gosh, I mean. I think about Miyagi. I'm like, we all need Miyagi. Like, where's Miyagi? Like, is that not? That's yeah. It's like a heartbroken that it's not a real character. Like, that's not a real character. Like, what? And then you found out when Pat Morita died. You're like, no, did Pat Morita? You know, you're so distraught. They can find you. Oh, they can find me. Check out my website, billy.yoga. No.com. No. How many emails I get back? Like, I'm trying your email. keeps bouncing back. Billy.yoga.com. I'm like, no, no, there's a no.com. Yeah. People put the .com at the oh, end or something. I was like, no, it's just billy.yoga. My website's uh, billy.yoga. You can hit me up there. You can check out my recent blogs. On Instagram, I'm billyyogaworldwide. Okay, I'll uh, so you can Yeah, so you can check that out. And um, trying to get more and more content up on the website all the time. And we're kind of re redoing some of it and everything else there's some cool videos youtube uh you can find me on youtube and there's an 18 minute video and it, most of the footage comes from a retreat i led in guatemala oh, yeah, on lake atitlan go and that's a really cool video that my buddy james um joliet over at zero sun productions he owns a production company and so he does all this cool video stuff for me oh, and lucky. he I, so, lucky. so lucky and he was on that retreat with my wife and my wife helped plan most of my retreats and um They've just been so much fun. And that retreat was beautiful. And it was on Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. And so there's a really cool, cool video that we put together from that one. And so, and then you can kind of see what I do in that, in that realm. Of course, I'm always trying to grow and expand and take away some things and add some others and, you know, all that other stuff. Mixing and matching and evolving and matching everything else. So, yeah. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. So that's where you can find me. And, uh, yeah, the whole Light Warrior coaching story is on my website under Meet Billy. I think it's under Meat Billy there. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. For Thanks for having and me. Talking to me. Yeah, Sat this was fun. Satnam. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us today. And if you like this episode and this podcast, please subscribe to Aquarian Living and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and hope you join us for the next episode.